0: Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Cassandra Dunbar, and today I have a really dope um, conversation to share with you guys. I mean... All of them are dope, in my opinion, because I love all the one that I've spoken to. But this one is extra special because her name is Flory Johnson. And I've spoken to her several times. now. At this point, she's my friend. <laughs> um, and I actually met her through Instagram. I'm not even sure how I came across her profile, but we've just became Instagram friends. She's so smart, so wise, has so much information. Like, if you have a question, she has an answer. So the conversation I had with her... Um, pretty much went so many different directions, but was so fruitful in so many ways. So whether you're just starting your wellness journey and you're really not sure where to start, she provides some really awesome tips on where to go. Or if you have been in this you've been doing the work you've been trying to get yourself together physically mentally emotionally spiritually and you're looking for some more tools to incorporate into your your wellness practice or your wellness journey she also has some really good insight so honestly i feel like there are gems for each and every one of us to pick up from and i'm really excited to share this with you so her name is flori johnson she is a california based uh, Reiki healer, intuitive, um, crystalologist, if that's the word, um, alternative healer, um, alternative health expert, excuse me. Uh, she's a mother, a cancer survivor. Um, she's just so many things. Um, so, so to contact her, she. Is at sacred happiness on Instagram, and all of her contact information are in the show notes. And without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Thank you so much for joining, and let's get into it. Too often, black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Cassandra Dunbar, and today I have a really dope um, conversation to share with you guys. I mean... All of them are dope, in my opinion, because I love all the one that I've spoken to. But this one is extra special because her name is Flory Johnson. And I've spoken to her several times. now. At this point, she's my friend. <laughs> um, and I actually met her through Instagram. I'm not even sure how I came across her profile, but we've just became Instagram friends. She's so smart, so wise, has so much information. Like, if you have a question, she has an answer. So the conversation I had with her... Um, pretty much went so many different directions, but was so fruitful in so many ways. So whether you're just starting your wellness journey and you're really not sure where to start, she provides some really awesome tips on where to go. Or if you have been in this you've been doing the work you've been trying to get yourself together physically mentally emotionally spiritually and you're looking for some more tools to incorporate into your your wellness practice or your wellness journey she also has some really good insight so honestly i feel like there are gems for each and every one of us to pick up from and i'm really excited to share this with you so her name is flori johnson she is a california based uh, Reiki healer, intuitive, um, crystalologist, if that's the word, um, alternative healer, um, alternative health expert, excuse me. Uh, she's a mother, a cancer survivor. Um, she's just so many things. Um, so, so to contact her, she. Is at sacred happiness on Instagram, and all of her contact information are in the show notes. And without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Thank you so much for joining, and let's get into it. Perfect. All right. So, thank you so much, Flory, for joining me and for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with me this morning, speak to us this morning. Uh,
1: oh, my pleasure. Sandra, I love this. You know, this is my favorite thing. All this stuff is my
0: favorite stuff to talk about. So, And you're just a wealth of knowledge, so I appreciate your time. I know the listeners are going to get so much from this. Um, so Wonderful. before we start, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do? Of course. My name is Flori Johnson, and for decades
1: now, for a long, long time, over 30 years, I have been doing intuitive readings for people and it came about when did it come about it came about in a very interesting way a dear friend of mine who was a very very wonderful intuitive reader i was going through a hard time we had met rather recently and she said oh come on over to my house and i will do a reading for you and i said okay because i'd had maybe one reading up to that point in my life before and i was like okay this would be cool And so I get there and she'd been reading for decades and she had collected many, many decks. And what she liked to do is she just spread them all down on the floor, not all the cards, but all the decks. She'd spread them down and say, which one would you like to be read from? So I started picking up the different decks because I'd never had a chance to touch cards, play with them, look at them. You know, the one reading I had for someone, they held their own cards, I didn't touch them. And so I was holding this one particular tarot deck which is called the Herbal Tarot, which is a wonderful tarot deck and i said to her, you know rebecca it's the strangest thing i just i just kind of feel like i go into the cards and i remember she looked at me and she goes oh Flory, you read go get a deck and read and i honestly cassandra those are my lessons okay which can only lead me to the conclusion i've done this before in another lifetime i didn't learn at this lifetime i didn't go and teach myself you
0: know so what um, is an intuitive reading for those of us who don't know
1: absolutely and thank you for doing like my daughter always does it as mom you're so far out there in your understanding of things you forget how to really explain it from scratch and so i'm really trying to learn to get better at that too so any anything you need to ask me whatever i have forgot now please don't forget of to course. ask me of course it mm-hmm. works okay you come to me for a reading it can be in person or over the phone i have a particular deck i work with there are many 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 decks out there many to many divination i'll explain the difference between that in a minute and you come to me for a reading and we start everyone all readers going to have different ways of starting you know whatever their little intro is or whatever and like the way i like to start is we hold hands and we say a prayer silently to ourselves and we ask for you know, sacred space and for a good reading. And then when I hold hands with someone and pray like that, I'll start to see things. So the reading is actually even started already. And so when we finish praying, I'll tell them whatever I saw, and then I'll ask them to concentrate on their life, and I'll shuffle the cards. And I put down five cards. I like to keep things simple. And it's a card in every direction, one the center. And that tells me so much about where they are right now, what they're struggling with, what's going on in relationships, what's going on in the spiritual, and a teeny bit about the future, because it's not about forecasting, because we have free will, mm-hmm. okay? So that kind of shifts that. Really, most readings are about permission giving. Everyone is intuitive. Everyone is psychic. Everyone doesn't necessarily know how to trust or listen to their gut okay Mm -hmm. so you when you go to someone for a reading and you weren't listening to your gut but your gut was telling you and they tell you that same thing you're like yeah i i've been feeling that well that's permission giving and it's a critical factor it's not to be laughed at it's very important because i think most of us aren't taught how to trust our ideas we're not taught taught to trust our gut and so we need permission giving from this and i think in older times in life and in previous lifetimes we've had more permission giving societies than we do now there's a lot of misinformation about our own guts right down to the food we're eating if you want to get literal
0: definitely you know so if so like you said a lot of us have you know stopped trusting ourselves and trusting our guts if we want to get back to that what would you suggest we do to get back to trusting ourselves and listening to the, our inner voices
1: Oh, it's, you know, it's such a beautiful, simple thing to do. You start at a very easy, simple place. You wake up one morning and you say, okay, universe, you start with manifesting. Say, I would like to, sometimes the easiest thing is just to say there's a certain song I've been missing. I hope I hear that song today. And then watch. If you turn on Spotify, Pandora, whatever you listen to, Google Music, Apple, Apple Music, it's going to come on at some point in the day. And that shows you, oh, I asked for it, I created it. Okay, now that's manifesting. Now in terms of listening to your gut, the gut is the teeniest little voice, when you don't listen to it very well, that speaks up immediately. And that's what throws most people. It seems so quick and so effortless, somehow we interpret that as, well, that couldn't be it, that was too easy. That's exactly what it was. And the difficult, not easy, the difficult part is in listening to that gut, because the more you listen to that little voice that comes up first, but very quietly, the more you listen to it, the stronger it gets. My gut doesn't talk quietly. My gut is very clear and very loud because I trust it so wholeheartedly. So the way to begin is to begin with yourself always. That's how you begin anything. And you have to start learning to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, before I make that sound easy, what I want to suggest is it's a journey because when you start to decide you want to learn to trust yourself, your issues will come up. And that throws a lot of people. But that's you on your journey. So start to dive into your issues and find out, okay, when I try to do this, I get confronted with this because that's my fear about that. So I gotta look at that and boom, you are on your journey. And if you're really intent on being on your journey, you will learn how to listen to your gut. It works that way.
0: So I have a question. Um, okay, good. One thing that I learned in therapy, my big revelation, excuse me, uh, this past year in therapy was that my inner voice is so mean. I speak terribly to myself. Yeah. And that's something that I'm working on. So how do I distinguish my intuition versus my inner thoughts, which may not be pleasant. It may not be kind.
1: Okay. again. That intuitive voice, it's never mean, it's just quiet. It's like it already feels dismissed before it's spoken. Mm. And so learning to hear that little quiet voice that comes right up in the beginning. It's not mean. The mean voices are the ones that come next. They're your ego. And they're like, oh, you don't really know what you're doing. You shouldn't be doing this. You know you're in over your head. Those are the mean voices, okay? They're ego and they're not your gut. Mm. The way you work with the mean voices, again, you're going to hear this term journey with me all the time, because it's all all one big journey you're on anyway. So this is what you do while you're on the journey. You have to usually, most of us have to reparent ourselves. And the best way I've found to reparent myself has been to do inner child work. And everybody throws around all these terms, you've heard it a bunch of times already, but it's like, what does it mean? Is there really a little kid living inside of me? And yeah, in a way there is because it's almost like if you imagine trauma that happened to you as a child that you didn't get to deal with, your emotional growth stopped at that age. So there is kind of like a wounded six-year-old or a wounded three-year-old, wounded 10-year-old living inside of you. And that's the child you want to go back and rescue. And one of the best things I think I've come up with, because I come up with tools. That's my way of approaching life. That's what I do on my journey, and that's how I help others. I come up with tools that will help you work through stuff, because I know the stuff's hard to work through, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And one of my favorite tools is pick a place in nature. Most people choose the ocean. So for example, or it can be the woods. I was doing this exercise with my brother the other day and I was so shocked because I didn't know where in nature he'd say. And his idea was walking through the woods. And I love that. So you pick a place in nature and you get quiet and you sit down and you see yourself there and really hear it, smell it, be there. And you're either walking through the woods or sitting by the ocean. And all of a sudden it's very quiet. It feels like it's early in the morning and no one's around. And then you see a little three-year-old child and you think, oh my goodness, who's this child out here? Who left this? They must be lost. And they come right up to you like they know you. It's you when you were three. Meet yourself. Wow. And usually when I'm doing for someone whatever age was really traumatic and the spirit will tell me that number so they seemed shocked then when I turned right to the number in their life when everything went wrong I'm like see meet your inner seven-year-old like, why'd you choose seven as the spirit told me to seven was rough for you right and they're like yes I said go sit with that seven-year-old put them on your lap Rock them. You don't even have to necessarily have a conversation the first time you meet. Maybe you just need to be together and establish something. And then you can eventually, it's not about you telling that child anything. It's about you giving that child space and voice and trust and safety to say what they need to say and then you give them a chance to finally say some words that weren't heard back then and this is how healing takes place it really does yeah. now with now with that comes up something very interesting for people of color and that's genetic trauma because again those of us that were raised by people who weren't doing their journey and weren't dealing with themselves what they most likely did was pass on some genetic trauma and if you're not familiar with the term Google it. Find out more about it because if you're a person of color, most likely you're dealing with different levels and factions of genetic trauma. And you want to look into that too. And inner child work is perfect for genetic trauma. It's part of it. Genetic trauma at its very essence is a decision you make, an intention you put out there not to pass on whatever crap was thrown to you. And that's very important, too.
0: Yeah. So that's like breaking of the um, generational curses, right?
1: Yes. Yes. But I get a little leery with words like curses because that kind of can be very misleading. Just say the genetic, the history that actually happened. These weren't curses. These were real things that happened. A lynching was not a curse. It was a lynching. True. True.
0: Okay. True. Yeah. But, but the <laughs> effects of the lynching to that family, I feel like we carry it on and then like we just pass it on.
1: If we you do. Know. That's yeah. genetic trauma. We pass it on.
0: You yeah. can pass
1: it silently. They're not even words you say. It'll just be a fear that you admit that you mm-hmm. teach your children to have without their even knowing why they're so scared on that level. Ooh. That's how genetic trauma works. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um You've talked about a lot of things in such a little bit of time, and I appreciate it. I love it. I love speaking to you because you just know so much about so much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a question about um, crystals. So crystals have been coming up in the mainstream media a lot, as like in the past year or so, I've noticed. So my question for you is, how would someone incorporate crystals into their self-care practice? Like, okay. where is a good place to start, maybe? Yeah,
1: well, you know what? I'm, I'm biased, because like you were just saying, I'm such a wealth of information. I'll tell you an interesting place to start. If you're on Instagram, I do a live every Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you wanted to go through a very gentle, fun, free, did I mention free, <laughs> training course about crystals and rocks, you should tune in. It's fun. It's free. You can ask me questions. You can DM me ahead of time. If there's something particularly you want to learn about. And I have just been, I love crystals. And it's funny you said that they've kind of been coming up in the news over the past year. That's probably the time in which you've noticed them. I've been noticing crystals come up since the 70s. But that's the past year. (laughs) You know, someone who's been doing this longer than me, like, no, girl, I've been noticing since the 40s. And I'm like, okay, look. <laughs> so it, 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 You start noticing it everywhere once you start noticing it. Now, the thing about crystals, and this is why it's so funny, is for how long they've been around, they've been around millions of years. Think of how long it takes to form a rock or a crystal, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I do, I don't do, is I don't get into the uh, bi- of it all. I don't get into more of the scientific stuff. I get into the spiritual stuff and the metaphysical properties of rocks and all that you can do with them and how they relate to the different chakras. You know, there was one time I was talking about blue lace agate, for example. And the example I gave for how to use it was when my daughter was coming along and she was a child, she was horribly bullied. And I used to give her blue lace agate. I get rock and a rose quartz rock to carry in her pocket because it was to remind her to be calm and steady and grounded in the face of horrible bullying and to remember self-love. And that was like my little formula for her. When I drove down from, Adla- from DC to Atlanta and drove a truck for the first time and moved my daughter and our lives all the way, you know, for miles and miles, it was very scary. It was unknown. And I carried a couple of pieces of crystal, chrysophase. It's a beautiful little apple green rock. It's so calming. And I carried a couple stones of that in my pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever I do a reading, I actually have a rock in my hand. One of my favorite rocks to read with is my raw tiger's eye. The tiger's eye is so good for cutting through the nonsense, getting to the heart of the matter. And if someone's having a hard time dealing with their truth, this helps me pull it up easier. Mm -hmm. I also love rocks that come from water because I love how smooth they are. And that gives me two elements going there of earth and water. So, yeah, I love crystals. A good way to learn about them is to decide you want to know more and just dive in. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to find that one book that tells you all the crystals because there really isn't one. The Mm -hmm. one book I would recommend is called Love is in the Earth. It's an old classic I feel it i cannot sing its praises enough and here's the disturbing thing for a lot of people let me tell you right up front there are no pictures and you're like ah, what <laughs> yeah there are no pictures it just you can look up each rock and she goes into depth about what it does metaphysically and what it comes from she does do the geology as well as the metaphysical she'll tell you what astrological design it vibes with but there are no pictures okay there are no pictures you can google pictures on pinterest that's easy finding out the correct properties that's another story okay so Mm -hmm. i do recommend this book i think it's brilliant and the way to start with crystals is to wear them and start a relationship you know even if i tell you oh amethyst is for the crown chakra and it relates to this and it does that and blah blah you could beat an amethyst that would take you on a different ride so it's just like meeting people. We're not going to say all people are this or all people are that. We're going to meet people individually. And when you really approach rocks or crystals with that attitude, a whole new world opens up. It's here because there's something I've been talking about for a long time, which is I turned to health at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I worked in the alternative health industry for several years and really consider myself as still being a part of that. Um, your kitchen. Over time, if you want to make one of the healthiest moves for yourself, turn your kitchen into a medicine cabinet. Okay. Just embrace that concept for a minute. Your kitchen should be your medicine cabinet. If you don't feel well, you go to the kitchen and say, okay, what are my symptoms? Oh, my stomach feels not enough. Well, do I need some kombucha? Do I need some ginger? Do I need some peppermint? What do I need? But these things you'll find in your kitchen. You see, I don't think of going to Western drugs as the cure-all anymore. I think of going to organic and healthy foods and things that are sustainable and things that actually feed my body. Because one thing I love to talk about is I love to use the term life force. We've gotten so gourmet that we've forgotten what it really is about. The point of food is to get it from the ground to your mouth as quickly as possible, okay? Now, I'm not a farmer. Are you? No. <laughs> nope. okay, well, we're already blowing the process. So now we've got to do a catch-up. We've got to make sure that what we put in our mouths is actually so healthy and so good for us. The breakdown process, the digestion, which is what it's all about, is going to go well. And it's not like I'm finding my body foods that it can't even calculate properly. It's got to be, what is this? Like uh, for example, when people talk about water, the question you always get asked in the health ministry, and you're trying to explain to someone who's not really fond of water, how to drink water. But, well, I, I mean, I can have tea, right? Well, here's the thing. Tea has water in it, but it's not water. And you're like, well, what's the difference? I mean, what's the pro- There is water there. It's like, okay, think of this. Your body is mostly water. Water is what it knows the best. When you drink a glass of water, it goes in your mouth and your body says, yeah, I know this stuff. You go right here. Now, when you put anything else in your mouth, tea, crystal light, coffee, soda, juice, whatever, your body has to break it down. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What is this? I know it's not water. So what is it? Oh, there's this in here. There's that in there. I got to send this over to that. And I got to Making your body work. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Has Which to break it down into recognizable. Molecules. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. Yep. It has to break it down into recognizable molecules. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And that's work. You want to give yourself your body something it doesn't always have to work for. It knows water. Mm-hmm. It can process it immediately. So that's really huge. That's It's very huge. Another thing about water, there's also a lot of old stronghold of a misconception. You ask most people, how much water do you need? They go, yeah, I get my eight glasses every day. Well, last time I checked, we weren't all 128 pounds. Hmm. The The old standard we have for water, eight glasses a day, is it means that you're 128 pounds. And I'm not. I'm 150. So clearly I need even more water than the standard. If I'm working out, I need a little more water than my standard. If I'm sick, I need a little more water than my standard. And it's knowing how much water you need. It's 50. It's half your body weight in fluid ounces of water a day is what your body needs. And here's the big tip of the day. Let that water be warm. Your body doesn't know cold water. I know this is the shocker because, you know, when you drink something really cold and you go, ah, you have learned to interpret that as refreshing. Actually what your body was experiencing was
0: shock. Wow.
1: It's not a pleasant thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. And I think just incorporating more water into your everyday is a really easy and it's not expensive. It's an easy, inexpensive way to make a change in your, your journey, your, your wellness journey, for sure. Yeah.
1: And one of the easiest ways I've found is if you can keep a bottle of unopened water by your bed. First thing when you wake up in the morning, when you're meditating or contemplating your day, start to drink the room temperature water, then your body will thank you. And mm-hmm. I started doing a little tip I heard about where you actually first thing in the morning, drink hot water, just plain hot water water. Nothing in it, no honey, nothing. Just hot water. You can put a little lemon or lime in if you want it, but you don't have to. Hot water wakes up your nervous system. It wakes up your whole body in the most wonderful, gentle
0: way. Hmm.
1: Good tip. Gorgeous. It's a beautiful, loving thing to do. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, as you mentioned, our kitchen being our medicine cabinets, one of my favorite quotes came to mind and it's, Let your medicine be your food, and let your food be your medicine. And that's that's, that's just—that's—that's.
1: Sandra, you summed is it. Life force is food, is medicine. These are all the same things. Now, if you really thought of your food as your medicine, you'd stop thinking of it as some gourmet thing that just has to delight your tongue.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Yep. We are always, I think a lot of us, and I'm talking about myself in particular, food yeah. has become like some people do drugs, some people drink, some people eat. I'm an eater, you know, I eat when I'm happy, I eat when I'm sad. I food is tied to my emotions, and that's something I need to break, you know, like I get like that instant high from something that tastes really yummy, and then I keep going okay. back looking for that same quote unquote high. So I, I don't.
1: Here's a thought, because this ties back into some other stuff I was saying. What if you picked one type of thing? I would even say herbs, for example. And you got a flower pot in your home, and you started growing some herbs so you could develop a different relationship with food. I think when you grow it and watch it, take the time to watch it grow and do what it does before it's ready, you start to develop a different relationship with food. We have a bad relationship with food
0: because we're so cut off from it. Ooh, that is powerful. Yes, absolutely.
1: We don't create it anymore.
0: So true. Um, My parents are Haitian. So when I was a kid, I used to go to Haiti every summer just about. Hmm. And okay. I, yeah, my grandmother um, was a farmer among many things. So of when course. We to the country house, everything like even I remember as a child, like picking which chicken we'd have for dinner that night. Like just everything was literally like from the field to the, the plate. And it makes a difference in how you appreciate things, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It also makes a difference in the life force. Like I said, the point of food is to get it from the ground to your mouth as quickly as possible. And then, here's part two that food really agreed with your system, it's about having at least as quickly and efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. If you ate was really good, you have a bowel movement within an hour of eating it. And wow. it doesn't come the next day. You liked it, but this didn't like you. <laughs> right yeah
0: so, true. so so true I remember well, when I face, face-
1: oh, talk about the real dangerous love affair coffee let me say a few words about coffee and I say it as a lover of coffee here's what I've learned if you're gonna and coffee becomes that relationship that bad relationship where you love it and it doesn't love you That just is where it goes, folks. That's the journey with coffee. So what you can do to help it along the way, there are two things, two really important things. One, spend the money, buy organic coffee. Coffee is one of the most sprayed plants around. So you don't want to go to Starbucks and get it. That's awful. I don't even know what that stuff is that they have at Starbucks. Don't go to Starbucks. Get real organic coffee. And then for every cup you have, Drink a glass of water, and that glass of water is not in your daily count. It's just to offset the coffee.
0: Wow. I didn't realize so, it I was so pesticide <laughs> then. Wow.
1: Yeah. First of all, and not to be overwhelming, there is so much out there, and you don't have to try and do everything or know about everything. Part of trusting your journey is that the things that will really speak to you are going to find you on your journey. There's a beautiful phrase I heard once that said that which you are seeking is causing you to seek. Mm-hmm. I like to approach things from that angle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now one thing we talked about, cause I was like, well, you know, sometimes it's just simply about letting people know these things exist. Then they can pick and choose and find things on their own, all that. So the thing I wanted to bring up, it's pretty obscure, but it's one of my favorites and I give it credit for having practically saved my life during a, very traumatic time, are flower essences. I quickly want to say it's not aromatherapy. That's a great thing in and of itself. And I can say tons about aromatherapy. I love it. But flower essences, you take in your mouth. If you, maybe you're familiar with them through the Bach flower remedies. One of the most popular ones is Rescue Remedy. And what Bach did uh, at the turn of the last century was experiment with emotions, using flower essences to see how they dealt with our emotions, and what he found was, they really do. Flowers are very ethereal folks, there's a reason why they move us in the way that they do, and they're more than just scents and beautiful. They're really very powerful and very ethereal, and these flower essences, they're uh, they're done in little dropper bottles, and you take them under your tongue. and if there's a certain mood or emotion you're working on, you start taking these drops, and over the course of several days or even weeks, you'll find your mood and your emotions change. They they lift and they shift and they evolve, and it's amazing. And if you've never looked into or heard about flower essences, go do it now. Quick little history. Like I said, they first started, turned the last century in England. And there's a theory out, there's a theory with healing that's important to know. And that is, if you get sick, go back to where you're from. Because at the time you were born, where you were born, everything you absolutely need in life is right there. That's the way nature provides. That's the way it works. Okay? Mm -hmm. So the people said, well, those are English flower essences. We're in North America. So they started the North American flower essences. Then some, and this is how stuff evolves. Then someone said, well, I'm in recovery it's based in brandy. So they started the glycerin North American flower essences. Then other places start saying, well, let's do some Australian ones and let's do some Hawaiian ones. There's so many flower essences out there. Just start Googling them and look them up. Um, They're amazing. There is also a repertory book out there, which is incredible. The Flower Essence Repertoire which will go through all the moods it works on and it categorizes all the different flower essences. It's done some incredible work. It's my favorite book. It's my go to for flower essences. So I just wanted to let people know about them because, like I said, one of the, I call it a therapist in a bottle for a session I can afford when I want a session at three in the morning. That's <laughs> what it's That's pretty miraculous. So. Yes. Yeah.
0: I think my doula incorporates, um, she incorporated some flower essences during my postpartum. sure. Because I remember her giving me some homeopathic stuff to put underneath my tongue. And I feel like my, I didn't ask her any questions. I'm like, you know what, you're the expert. Uh, I trust you. Um, But my postpartum recovery from my second child um, physically was the best, um, even though I had a really traumatic birth experience with my second. Um, so I, I definitely can attest to that. And I want to do some yeah. more research myself to, to find out what she used and to look for different things that I could use in my daily life um, right now. So thank yes, you. Yes, and
1: show you how expensive they are, you can also use flower essences if your dog or your cat is having some issues. Um, some people say put it in the water. My favorite thing is to put it in the nape of their neck so they can't lick it off. And yeah. then whatever it is, if it's brandy, it wouldn't affect them. but Uh, My daughter has a little rescue and he used to be terrified of thunderstorms and I started working with flower essences and him one night and putting them on the nape of the neck and sitting out there on the porch with him while during a thunderstorm and they don't bother him now. Wow. It's amazing stuff. I really recommend it for rescue animals, whatever issues they have, abandonment, fear, trauma, whatever. Yeah.
0: So You I, could also,
1: if you want to work on your inner child and work on genetic trauma, you could find a flower essence that really tuned right into what you're dealing with. How profound is that?
0: Do you have like a uh, a website or something that we can direct our listeners to that you trust about the flower essences?
1: I would actually look, go to a metaphysical bookstore or go online and look for the flower essence repertory. Okay. Um, I don't have the ISBN number with me right now, but they'll find that there's only one. Okay. And, and that book is worth your while. If you're going to really dive into flower essences, another thing you can do that's inexpensive is go to Whole Foods. They have a nice little setup for their box flower remedies. They now are giving a lot of information. They have these pull down charts you can read and look at, take this one for calming, take this one for nervousness, take this one for anxiety. It's a wonderful little like quick tutorial. I would, next to Whole Foods, go by their supplement section and look at their Flower remedy setup, and it will tell you
0: so much. Wow, that's super helpful. Thank you. Sure. And now I want to get back to um, a little little bit about what you do and how can we find you for a reading? Um,
1: Yes. Well, a little bit I want to say about me, just to give you a little more background, too, is i actually got a wonderful opportunity that i'm so grateful for to find out so much about healing on a personal level a year ago when i came down with cancer and i'm actually working on a healing workbook right now that i'm going to have up on my website which came down while i had cancer and it's going actually back up this very weekend as a matter of fact i'll give you the website address give me till next week to have it up or early monday okay. um you can absolutely contact me there i'll also the website i'll do a, there's a facts page where i go through a lot of stuff about intuitive readings what it is that sort of thing and of course you can easily book a reading with me uh on the website so beautiful okay. and
0: i'll have the links to your website and to your instagram page all that good stuff will be in the show notes for sure.
1: I want- Well, good, good, yes, because I also, as you know, on Instagram, I do a, a weekly energetic focus where it's a free reading online, and it just talks to everyone about what energy you should focus on for that week, what's coming up. I also talk a lot more about crystals and rocks, and it's a good place to find out about the live I do. So my services, I do intuitive readings. I read with the animal medicine cards. I love that deck. I've been reading with it since 1990, and I also do Reiki. Uh, I can do Reiki remote as well as in person. I also do feather cleansing, and it's a phenomenal thing where I clean your energy with a feather. And I also, if it becomes a reading, I tell you about yourself at that time.
0: Okay. So, so are- what is Reiki? Um, a lot of I've heard of Reiki, but I don't know exactly what it is. So, can you educate me and okay. the as to what that is?
1: yes reiki is phenomenal everything is energy okay and you're going to hear that so many times after a while it stops even making sense like yeah okay everything's energy but everything really is energy that's how you can work on someone from a distance like i could do a reading for someone i've never met and be able to tap right into their energy because energy is everywhere and it's all connected so with reiki Someone w- I can do it remote as well, but if they come to me, I would have them lie down on a couch or a massage table. And what I do is with my hands, um, lightly touching their body, sometimes not at all, but they are fully clothed. I just scan their body starting with their head and everything comes up because you are your energy. It's all inside of you. So when I'm reading for someone, you know, uh, dreams, desires, fears, blockages all these things come up you may have a blockage in your solar plexus and that's preventing you from listening to your gut and what i can do is shift the energy through reiki and it's really phenomenal everybody owes it to themselves to go on a wonderful journey of discovery where if you've never had a full body massage please go get one. It's a great way to start to get in touch with your body. If you've never had reflexology, Reiki, acupuncture, acupressure, there's so many things out there. There's so many ways to get in and do your personal work on yourself. No one has any excuse not to be working. You know, if you say, oh, massage is too expensive, so is acupuncture, go to a school. Did you know you can call up an acupuncture school or a massage school and say, I'd like to get some work done? And you get a very, you're worked on by students, but the students are watched by the teachers. Mm-hmm. And it's very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. So there's so many ways to do this stuff.
0: Such such you know? a good point. Very, very good point. A lot of us do use finances or having enough time as an excuse, but we do yeah. have to prioritize ourselves, right? You have to pour into yourself first.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. No place is more important. And what you won't give to yourself, why would you give to someone else?
0: Mm-hmm. You have don't have and the we often
1: to often pour into other people, hoping it'll somehow mysteriously pour back into us. It really doesn't work that way.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? That's yeah. so true. Um, So for Reiki, would it be like a one-time session to shift the energies? Or is it like a a series? Reiki
1: is ongoing. Reiki is ongoing. And it's for different issues. Um, After my sister passed, I went to a Reiki practitioner and said, I'm working on grief. And she paid a lot of attention to my lungs because that's where we hold grief. We hold different issues in different parts of the body. And so what a Reiki practitioner will do is work with where you are at the time. Think of all the changes you go through. I'm different week to week, month to month, year to year. You could get Reiki once a month. You could get it depending on what you're dealing with. There's there's no telling. Acupuncture, to be successful, usually has to be done a couple of times each week. So if you were gonna go see someone for 10 weeks, you'd go three times a week for 10 weeks. That's a lot of sessions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, rec- I read for myself all the time. I know people who, who will call me and say, okay, I'm ready for my annual reading. And I think to myself, annual? You can go for a whole year and only need a reading once a year? Wow, I'm impressed. I need readings all the time. I love it for decision-making. Yes, readings are great for decision-making because what I could do is if you said, you know, I'm contemplating taking this job, but I don't know if it'll be in my best interest. What I would do is pull a couple of cards on the job. If you took it, pull a couple of cards on if you didn't. And then compare the two. So you can see which way the energy is going, Like, right? It's like, well, this job, it starts off good, but it doesn't take you to where you need to go. Whereas if you stay where you are right now, you can actually build to there. That's what the cards would tell you. You see? Well, so the recommendation would be don't take the job.
0: It's not going to lead you where you need to go. Um, Flori, would you be comfortable talking about your journey um, with Your cancer diagnosis before.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Because the thing that I practiced, the medicine I feel got me well was gratitude. I practiced gratitude with everything, and it became the most, wow, delightful spiritual practice because. You know, I I was raised as a woman of color, raised in the 60s. I was taught if something is wrong, you complain. And I am an expert complainer. I know to go to the head. I know how to write a letter complaint. (laughs) I'm I'm a perfect complainer. What I had to spiritually teach myself is how to be an excellent praiser. Because if you complain whenever you see it, you you sure better praise when you see it too. Mm. And so what I, the hospital was i found out who the head nurse was i got her email address and the two times i was in last september for two surgeries i had to have i found out uh, i got every name that i really liked i didn't say anything about the bad ones i didn't like there were only one or two and they can be forgotten but the ones i loved i wrote this head nurse in charge and just put like a little poetic thing about each one you know like for example um, one of my favorite, well, they were all my favorite nurses. But I just, I would say beautiful things about them, like you know, so and so is like liquid sunshine. If we're having a gray day, we should send her outside so we can have sunshine. You know, I'd say things like that about them. And then I also wrote letters to the housekeepers. I called up the ambulance driver's supervisor who drove me to the hospital. And do you know what? Do you know who never gets praised? Ambulance drivers and nurses. They never ever get praise. People curse at them, they yell at them, they spit at them, they do all kinds of things, throw things, but they don't praise them. And one of the most phenomenal things I'll never forget in my life was calling the ambulance driver to praise them. Because he returned my call in a couple of days and came to the phone and oh yeah, I'm I'm here to I understand you called. I said, yes, because Ian James and Mike were so wonderful and they made me feel so at home and I was so scared. I just wanted to call you and say thank you because they were so great.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Freaking. Had to say, Hello, are you there? He was, Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. I'm, surely you must know we don't get calls like this. And I said, Well, that's a shame because EJs and, and Mike were so great. And I just go on again about singing their praises. And then he was so sweet. He said, oh, Well, how are you doing? Are you okay? I said, I'm fine. I'm getting cancerous, butt. no problem. And I said, but EJs and Mike have sang their praises again. And it just, it was delightful. It's delightful to be grateful and delightful to express. That's what I'm saying. If you're not feeling well physically, Mm -hmm. being grateful changes the feeling. Yeah. What really transformed everything for me was being grateful. And then I didn't have anger. I had hope and i i trusted the process and i spoke up for myself i advocated every step of the way if i didn't like what they were doing i said so and i even fired a doctor at one point i'm not one to take crap but when it was great i was just great oh
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that experience it really did
0: is what does wellness mean to you
1: Ooh, it means everything because there's nothing that isn't included. If you're going to look at your well, for example, okay, I'm going to get really clear on well where wellness goes. When you go to the bathroom, in case no one's ever taught you this in your life, I am honored to be teaching you now. When everything is information, and you want to find out as much as you can about yourself in as many ways, so one of the best ways you can find out how you're doing is to always look at your urine look at your feces, taste your tears, make sure your tears have are, are salty, they should be, otherwise you're not getting enough um, of the iodine, you're not getting the uh, kelp. Yeah, that's a big one, that should be in your diet. And so like your urine, for example, it shouldn't be yellow, it should be clear. And if you look back in the toilet and your urine's yellow, you didn't drink enough water. You know that about yourself. Feces should float and be golden-colored. If it's dark brown and sinks, you're having too many toxins. You're not eating food that's probably real food. And you can learn all of this about yourself by simply checking yourself out. If you're feeling out of sorts, instead of telling yourself, I should feel differently, no, you shouldn't. You're not supposed to feel anything other than what you do. Just honor your feelings. And the more you learn how to honor yourself and everything about yourself and your process, the more you learn to really love yourself. Because it's like you're finally learning how to really be on your side, mm. which is where you're
0: supposed to be. Beautiful. Thank you. And actually one last question too. <laughs> okay.
1: There's never just one last question. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> 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 Okay, so the question is, if you have one book that you can recommend to anyone, what would that book be?
1: Okay, I'm going to throw you one of my favorites, because I did mention Love is in the Earth, which is great for crystals, and I mentioned the Flower Essence Repertoire, but if you want to start an amazing journey of your health, it only costs, it's really inexpensive, I think it's like under $8, and it's by Louise Hay, H-A-Y. And the book is called Heal Your Body. It is brilliant. It's a thin little book. I've bought so many and given them away to people. Now i made myself hold on to the one I have. Mm-hmm. And what it does, she has gone, this is a woman who healed herself of cancer. And she went back through all the illnesses, all the diseases she can have, wrote out what their metaphysical meaning was, and wrote an affirmation next to them. I have used this book in so many ways. Anything that happens, if I get a sore throat, if I get a sty, if I, you know, break a bone, whatever, I go to the book to say, okay, what was really going on here? Because our bodies are beautiful, uh, what my words are leaving me right now. They're they're beautiful vessels that have so much to teach us.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: And you have to be a good student and you have to wanna learn. Those are the qualifications. And so if you want to learn about your body, you can just learn in so many ways and I've learned so much about my body from this little beautiful thin book called Heal Your Body.
0: It's fabulous. All right. So thank you so much for spending some time with me on the show today, Flori. Where can our listeners find you?
1: Okay. My website is www.floryjohnson, one word, that's dot com. Then on Instagram, my name is Sacred Happiness, all one word, Sacred Happiness. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, maybe in the future, I'll be on TikTok. I'm starting to learn a little bit about that. But for <laughs> now, those are the best places to find me on my website and on
0: Instagram. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I'm so grateful to you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. I'm so grateful to you. This is a wonderful experience, really.